0: is this episode 1 or is this episode 2 I named it epi 2 on on my thing so the reason i ask is cuz we we did our pilot episode last week mm-hmm. but we're starting a new book right from the beginning yeah so i'm tempted to, i'm tempted to call this episode 1 and call that other one episode 0 wow 0 being the number of people that listen to it that's
1: not true though i know of at least 8 Maybe, maybe eight people that listen to it, and so. So
0: this would be episode nine.
1: Okay, perfect.
0: We're going with the book of First John, right? Yeah. If this were episode one, it would officially be the beginning. First John one one says that which was from the beginning. Okay, maybe this is episode
1: one. Just so we can get the get this sync, the syn sync, the one 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 in
0: sync. There you go. Episode one, First John chapter one, verses one through four. From the beginning.
1: That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched
0: with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim to you the eternal life I'm Justin, and this is Rusty, and you're listening to Footnotes. Do you want to start this conversation? Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know how much we should talk about the background of the book. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Just they, they're pretty sure that it
1: was John because it's written in almost the exact same voice and um, style, very circular, where he revisits. He'll state a theme, come back and revisit it. And so, although it doesn't have his name in it, it seems very consistent with the Gospel of John.
0: More than that, it starts the same way. First John, you know, the, these verses and the Gospel of John have so many parallels with how they begin. Mm-hmm. It's an easy bet that First John was written by John.
1: Well, and yeah, and that phrase uh, from the beginning—I thought I did—I did do some research on that, and I thought it was really interesting. You know, it said it could be talking about you know not the beginning of time, right? But it could just be from the beginning of Christ's life or or whatnot. But then uh, the ESV Study Bible makes the argument that that phrase uh, from the beginning uh, is just consistent with. Genesis, uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, uh, Micah, and then John's gospel, right? And so as you look through those things, it, it most likely seems like it would be referring to Uh, the beginning of time, like pre-existence.
0: That's what what this
1: beginning means? Yeah, they draw that parallel with John's writing in his gospel, and then all of that same phrase throughout the Old Testament of from the beginning referring to uh, the the future Messiah or prophecies of Christ to come.
0: Uh, One commentary I read disagreed with that. Okay. Uh, And this is when Christ was born because the way the way it goes on, so verse 1, 1 John says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and so if it's referring to a like beginning of all creation, beginning of time, like they didn't see that, they didn't hear that, but what they heard was you know this Christ who was from the beginning of his life, hmm. I don't know though, I'm yeah. more convinced by yours.
1: Yeah, it, it just seems like uh, it would be more consistent with his gospel, specifically talking about uh, in the beginning, all things that were created, uh, anything that was created was created through him, and um, I would have a tendency to think that way, just because it's the same author, and yeah. so you would think he would think the same way. Yeah, but, I'm
0: convinced. You've convinced me. Yes, I knew it. I knew <laughs> yes. it. Congratulations.
1: Okay, so after from the beginning, it, verse 1, 1 John 1, verse 1, uh, it says, Which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. So do you think John ever met Jesus?
0: Yes, <laughs> I do. Like,
1: like really? Because <laughs> I don't know if he's he's not very clear about that. It's a little hazy.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I see it. So, he, he makes he makes great efforts to list all these senses, right? Right. Which we have heard. So, that's your, that's your sense of hearing. Which we have seen, your eyes. Which we have looked upon and touched. That's your sense of touch. My question is, why didn't he say, which we have tasted and smelled? Because yeah, that would just be weird. <laughs> that would just... Yeah, because you think those 13 guys, Jesus and his 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they smelled each other. Oh, for that, sure. I mean they They didn't have a air lot. conditioning or deodorant. Okay. Yeah. They smelled each other. Oh gosh. And yes. so yeah, thanks thank you John for not including that detail. Do you want to know what Jesus really smelled like? Cuz I could tell you, which we have smelled and we stank. Actually, that's probably what he thought. <laughs> He's like,
1: and we stank. And so I'm going to just cut that one out of the final edit of this book. I'm, actually, let's just not talk about the smell because that wasn't pleasant. But we did see some amazing things and we heard some amazing things.
0: So let's stay with the positives. Why do you think we're washing each other's feet all the time? That's right. Because they're disgusting. 30 miles in sandals in a desert or rugged
1: wilderness um, really doesn't bode well for tender, soft-skinned feet.
0: Why do you think John goes such to such great lengths, though, to point this out? I mean, he's just trying
1: to really drive home the fact that he was an eyewitness.
0: Yeah, I think another another reason may be further on in this book, we really pick up on the idea of John is fighting false teaching. Um, and we know from history that the Gnostics were a troublesome bunch um, in, in the early church. And one of the things the Gnostics taught was that Jesus wasn't in the flesh. He didn't come in the flesh. That's why John, could be why John said, I heard him. I saw him. I even touched him. When I say, you know, in verse two, the life was made manifest. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this spiritual, you know, visiting. It was, Jesus was made flesh.
1: Yeah. I, I was thinking about that too. Um, he, he says first person references, plural, first person plural references nine times specifically in these first four verses, nine times he's he's talking about what they have seen, heard, touched like nine first person plural references to what he's witnessed. Yeah, so going back to that bat- battling false teaching, and I think even people suggest natural inclination to have trouble believing. I mean, think how many people saw firsthand Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead and still chose not to believe. In fact, some some of the Pharisees definitely, they say, now we definitely need to kill him, you know? And, and you hear Paul using the same technique when talking about the resurrection, right? He says um, all of the apostles saw him, and then 500 people saw him at one time, right? using this, this example of eyewitness testimony to really just drive home something that would, if you didn't see it, I could see that it would be hard to believe without the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding you. Th- these stories, gosh, would be really supernatural, miraculous, unbelievable. It, it might be hard hard to believe if he was just saying, well, I heard from a guy that Jesus did this, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm sure they're getting a lot of that from other people. But to have somebody who is an eyewitness firsthand account, that's that means something.
0: So at the end of verse one. Concerning the word of life. Again, that's another strong tie to the beginning of his gospel. In the beginning was the word. And the life was made manifest. I mean, isn't that the same thing as saying, you know, when he says in John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us? And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John,
1: the gospel of John chapter four says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And so you hear him run all these themes together. And so it is incredibly consistent with the beginning of of the gospel of John. Yeah, and so we see at the end of verse 1, he lands on that he is an eyewitness to Jesus, what is concerning the word of life, who is Jesus. And so in verse 2, he starts off in the same way, connecting these two thoughts. He says, The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us.
0: This is a little different than the beginning of the Gospel of John, where he he keeps referring to Jesus as the Word, the Word, the Word. In verse 2 of this chapter, he says, the life, the life, the life, right? The life was made manifest. We proclaim to you the eternal life concerning the Word of life. I think the most common usage of the word eternal life, or not the most common, but the most well-known, is John 3.16, Right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, I'm going King James now, believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. But eternal life isn't, okay, you have your life, eternal life is forever. Mm -hmm. This verse says, eternal life is Jesus. Yeah. If someone proclaims the gospel, you're not saying, you can have life in extended duration the life that i'm proclaiming to you is jesus later on in this book it says he who has the son has life jesus said i am the way the truth and the life i'll go on i got more yeah, i yeah. got more rest no, you go
1: keep going keep going i'm of,
0: sorry <laughs> some of the most mind bending stuff for me in in all of paul's scripture money says like you have died and your life is now hidden in Christ, and in Christ, who is your life, and Paul makes it very clear, and he goes on what John says, that Christ isn't just, like, this person that you do life with mm-hmm. in heaven, or even yep. do life with now, but is life itself. I think that's really important, but I find that very hard to, like, sink my teeth into or wrap my arms around.
1: You know, but it it is crazy consistent with... You know, he is the life, all things were created through him. He's the agent of creation, the agent of life. Uh, so that, that's consistent with the Gospel of John. And then it's John 10.10, 10, I think that says, And this is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And so, you know, it does tie together a lot of those ideas uh, of just talking about Jesus being the life. And then you've got Colossians, right, uh, chapter 1, where Paul says, And Jesus is, who holds all things together. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think about if, if he wasn't holding us together, we wouldn't have life. I mean, these are slightly different perspectives on, on this life being the eternal life. But it is fun, it's fun for me and also mind-blowing to think about Jesus holding me together at a molecular level, right? Like We know that positive and negative charges are attracted to each other but we don't know why that is. We can't give you a source. There's nobody has a source for that energy and that draw like gravity. Also gravity draws things together, holds things together, but there's, there's no source, continual source of power fueling that, that we know of. And so it's just a fun way for me to enter into that thought of Jesus being life itself.
0: So I think this might be a good time to take a quick break. What do you think? Yeah, no, nah, that'd be perfect. Just let this let this sink in, maybe. This is a new segment on the podcast called Out of Context, where we're given a question that we're going to apply some biblical truth to, but the biblical truth will be wildly, wildly out of context. Rusty, do you have a question for us today? I do, I do, I do have a, have a great question. Okay,
1: so... What biblical advice would you give to someone who is just having, having trouble sleeping at night?
0: This is a good question. Insomnia is a serious issue. Uh, I thought a lot about this. Job 37, um, and I'm going to read verses, we'll say, uh, 16 and 17. I'm going to read it in the easy to read version. Okay. The ERV. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how the clouds hang in the sky? This is just one of the amazing works of the one who knows everything. All you know, this is the important part. All you know is that you sweat, your clothes stick to you, and all is still and quiet when the heat waves comes from the south. The biblical advice here would be to one, check your air conditioning. Perfect. You know. <laughs> and then two, you may want to just try sleeping naked. The second piece of biblical advice for our fellow insomniac is Genesis 28. Verse eleven, B. Okay. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. So I think your pillow is too soft. I do have one final one. I think I'd like to throw in.
1: Okay. Um, and uh, there, this is a time with Jesus and the disciples, and uh, they were in a boat at sea <laughs> in a storm. And um, the disciples were, were having trouble sleeping. Uh, they were terrified because the storm was tossing the boat uh, this and that way um, th- to here and there, to and fro. And, um, and, but Jesus was asleep. So I think my advice would be you should sleep in a boat.
0: <laughs> okay, to sum up, sleep on a boat in a storm naked with a rock as a pillow. This is our wildly out of context biblical advice. All right. So, the passage goes on. We're in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ.
1: This is pretty cool uh, in the fact that John, he's trying to witness, right? He's trying to evangelize. He's trying to to tell people about what he's seen, to uh, give testimony about Jesus and eternal life, and oftentimes when we think of that, um, again, I stole this from the study Bible as well, ESV Study Bible. We think of forgiveness of sins um, being super important, and it is. It is obviously very important uh, to understand the principle of being forgiven for our sins, so that we can have relationship with God uh, and, and live with Him in in eternity in heaven, but. I really like this because it drives home the point that actually community with God with Jesus that verse in John 10:10 10, 10, this is eternal life to know God Jesus Christ to me sent is the actual prize. Like yes, forgiveness of sins is part of that and and I am incredibly grateful for that. My gratitude drives me to live you know out of obedience for Jesus. But man, the real prize is actually just the fellowship, just being in community with God and with Jesus. And the fact that that's the first point he makes coming off of this, that that's truly why he is writing, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ.
0: We focus a lot on the the part of the gospel that says your sins can be forgiven. The reason you want your sins forgiven is because of what it grants you, right? It grants you fellowship with God. If it was like, we can forgive your sins, but after you die, it won't matter.
1: Right. If forgiveness was the only thing, it would, it would yeah, it would fall way short.:
0: We want to proclaim to you the gospel message, which is Christ, that Christ was a substitute for your sins, bore the wrath of God, so that you can have what? the eternal life. That's what John said in verse two. I, I think that's great. Um, this is right on that he says, "You too may have fellowship. With us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. You know, what a blessing it
1: is or what, what joy it brings just to look at like a, an amazing piece of art or an amazing piece of sculpture or even something that was designed in just a, a, a wonderfully worshipful way, right? And that, that's just a thing. That's just something created. And then uh, think of just the small joy you get in that, and then to think about a you know, awaking from death and being able to see the most beautiful of beautiful things, being able to be in community with um, the life, the life that is everything, that holds all things together. Um, It is fairly overwhelming uh, to think about the blessing that that will be for us to just be in community with the most perfect, most loving most compassionate most merciful most humorous i thought about this god has got to be hilarious right because if 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 he created humor if humor is a good thing then that means he is like the perfect comedian the funniest comedian so i i think i'm really excited to to hear god's stand-up routine i think he's got to have some great material right and it's going to be all perfectly clean and Guilt-free humor. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, so I I, I love that, uh, that John drives that home, That it's and that our fellowship with each other um, in light of that relationship with God and the Father is just a, supposed to be a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. Granted, we're imperfect, and we mess up. But when you get um, fellowship of Christians in its ideal circumstance and situation, it is Wonderful and joyous, and um, a foretaste of heaven, so that um, actually the last verse, so that our joy may be complete, our joy in being in fellowship with God the Father and with each other.
0: Yeah, verse four is a good summary. No, it's not a summary, it's really another reason that he's writing the book. Verse four says, And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The first reason is I really want to proclaim to you what I saw. And then my second reason is that our joy may be complete.
1: Yeah, I agree with those points. And as I look over these first four verses of 1 John uh, to kind of review, I see that John really wants to be an eyewitness. He wants people to know true doctrine. And because of that true doctrine, he wants people to experience fellowship. He wants People have fellowship with God, Jesus, and one another. And because of those two things, he wants people's joy to be complete.